0: Yeah. Y'all. Welcome back to another episode of one on one with your host i'm tommy jen is out she's at her internship in Winthrop. so if jen you're listening hope you're having fun um for the listener we're gonna go ahead and get started with introducing our guest with us today which is daria so daria will you say hi to the listeners for us
1: hi listeners
0: Awesome. So um, we want to make sure that the listener has a chance to learn a little bit about you. So if you'll tell us where you're from, what you do, how you know myself, um, and then something the listener should know about you.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. So my name is Daria, and um, I'm currently an academic advisor at the Gateway Student Success Center. And I'm originally actually from Eastern Europe. Um, it's it's a country called Moldova. Uh, it's tucked in between... Between Ukraine and Romania, it's it's got a population of three million people, and um, and yeah, a lot of friendly humans, and great wine, and great food. So uh, I came to the US uh, back in 2007, um, and that's where I got introduced to the American education system that appealed to me. Um, and that's how I pursued, after one year of high school exchange, I pursued my um, my undergrad, my college career. So I started at a community college in Washington State, Wenatchee Valley College, go Knights, and then I transferred to Boise State, um, Bleeding blue and orange up till this day. Yeah. And then, and that's where I actually uncovered my passion for, um, student affairs and higher education, uh, starting from, uh, being an RA to, um, being a peer advisor, uh, also, uh, and then pursuing my master's, uh, afterwards at Northern Arizona University. And that's how I met Tommy. I met Tommy through an event in the halls, actually, um, after I finished my grad program here at NAU.
0: Very cool. What's one thing the listener should know about you?
1: Oh, gosh, I talk a lot. So maybe that's a good thing that you invited me today. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Out of curiosity, um, I know you said that you went to community college. You also went to Boise State and now working here and also doing your grad work at NAU how have you seen some differences as far as the american education system
1: you know um it's it's a very great question because i uh have not been introduced uh personally to the moldovan education system um higher education system particularly because i've never attended um a university or a college back home um so i can uh give you um, give you stories, I guess from uh, my classmates and peers um first of all, there's no such thing as student affairs there um that's mm-hmm. why I was really excited to pursue it here when I've discovered the richness of the life uh outside of the classroom That's something that that is extremely unique to i believe the continent of of north america i think i think um institutions in europe um are are starting to understand the value of um extracurriculars and involvement outside of the classroom so um so one of those the entire field i think is a big difference
0: interesting that's really neat to hear so i'd be curious to see how that starts to be incorporated more into European higher education as well. Yeah. So, um, Well, just for the listener, as you kind of know, we always have a couple special shout outs. So, um, first and foremost, we want to make sure that we thank Housing Residents Life at NAU, who allow us to record each time. Secondly, thank you to our supervisor, Sarah Olson, who helps us create content and supports our work. And third, and most importantly, you, which is the listener, for always tuning in, subscribing, leaving thoughts and comments. We truly appreciate that. Um if you do want to be featured on our podcast, feel free to contact us at, at NAU.edu. That's Jennifer dot I-M-E-L at N A That's J E N N I F E R dot I M E L at N A U Edu or Tommy.newsome at N A That's T O M m-y at Our goal is also to try and give shout-outs each week for our listeners, so subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Google Play. Um, with that, we're going to go ahead and start to get to know Daria a little bit more, so with, we'll jump in with the first segment, which is the best thing I saw this week. So, living in Flagstaff, there's a lot of variety of outdoor beauty, there's interactions with the university, working within our enrollment management and student affairs, you get to see a whole lot. So, um, Daria, what for you has been the best thing you saw this week?
1: You know, um, as you were introducing this topic, I uh, I actually am, am, am have been have been considering um, all the things that I've seen so far in Flagstaff um, uh, and this week. What particularly stood out to me is um, is the unique thing that I woke up to this morning, which was an inch of snow on my backyard, (laughs) in my backyard. And, and it was probably, you get a lot of, um, a lot of stories about the weather and all of those things. But I think that that's, that's the thing that shocked me the most. And I immediately skyped my parents. I'm like, mother, Look at this thing, and she's like, "Wait, are, did, are you? What's 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 going on?" And I'm like, I don't, "Is that a picture from this past winter when we had nine inches of snow?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, it's like this morning." And she was like, "Wow, guys, this is this is something that only that can happen in Flaxa."
0: That's true. I know even my parents. I think they said they got about two and a half inches yesterday in Colorado Springs. So it's definitely an interesting thing to observe. So <laughs> yes,
1: well, at Flaxa in May.
0: Yes, it happens at least once a year, I'm told. So um, I think for me, the best thing I saw this week was I finally got a chance to play my instrument in the community band that Flagstaff has. So um, there's a couple of other people in housing that also play an instrument in the band there. But I really enjoyed it just because I haven't really played my instrument in a like a concert or kind of traditional style in a while and so it was nice to be able to go and like participate in a parade and there's a whole bunch of people there and it was kind of like a recognition one for veterans who are downtown and so I had a lot of fun it was cool just to be able to play with different people that I didn't really know but also I think I'm, that's one part unique to music is how it also brings people together so that's probably the best thing that I saw this week so.
1: What do you
0: play? Tennis saxophone. Oh, so. wow.
1: I want to
0: hear you one day. Well, let me make sure I'm in tune, but <laughs> I, I will definitely do that. So um, our next segment is I'm Not Feeling That, which is a segment that we discuss our own kind of pet peeves of things that grind our gears. So I'll go first, but I think for me, the, the pet peeve that I think I have this week is... Thorough communication, because I think sometimes, especially in the line of work that we do, if one part of the communication is kind of dropped out, it impacts a lot of different individuals that we work with. And so that's probably my pet peeve, I think, for this week, because there are parts that I realize things change and happen, and there's a lot of flow that occurs that you have to adapt for. And also, I'm not a very... B, personality type. I'm much more of an A, like, I like logistics and making sure things are in order and having a plan. Um, I know my supervisor, Sarah, is always like, maybe you don't need to plan, like, two to three weeks in a head. I'm like, true, but also, like, I'd rather be prepared and not need to than, like, scrambling to find things out. All that, I digress. But for me, that was probably <laughs> the pet peeve because um, I found out some information this morning. I was like, we need these types of rooms and accommodations made. And I was like, cool. But also, like I have other conferences, so I will make it work. But next time, a little bit more proactive communication would be very great because reacting is not my strong suit. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I guess I guess mine is not necessarily this week. Is probably throughout my adult life particularly professional life, I've been reflecting a lot, a lot about organizational culture, um, and, um, spaces in which we operate currently and the, particularly the students that we're serving and the shifting needs, um, of generation Z or non-traditional students. Um, currently we're operating from like in an eight to five structure, particularly in, um, in advising, um, not necessarily familiar with other spaces, but, but in our department, that's how it currently stands. Um, and, um, and, and the one thing that, that I thought about is, um, realizing that our, this, this, this culture has been created years and years, decades ago, right? Um, our current, Student population is not the same. They yeah. do not operate from an eight to five um, on an eight to five schedule. They operate on a on a completely different different um, a time frame sometimes. So um, and that's how we actually met with Tommy, right? So we met with you in a in what at six <laughs> o'clock in the evening when we yeah. were when we were attending to an event, um, and 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 one of the things that that I compare this to oftentimes is. Why are we trying to trying to to get our students to fit a, a very outdated um, frame of of how we run our organizations? So that's why one of the things that I sometimes post to leadership is like, why Why are we doing this? And my the biggest pet peeve comes in. Well, because that's just how it is, and it yeah. just grinds my gears. <laughs> I cannot because because sometimes the answer is very very simple, and the only thing that it requires from people is just say, you know what, we never we haven't thought about that. We need to work on it. That's literally all it takes. So yeah, that's just
0: that's fair. Yeah, thanks for, for letting me vent a little that's absolutely. <laughs> That's why the segment is there. Sometimes it's easy to think about change, but the implementation is not always what we want it to be. So Right. Um, well, we'll do one more segment before we take a break, but this is kind of going to get us more into the educational part. So we're starting with, I got a story for you, which again is... A, Segment designed for the listener to be able to learn a little bit more about both Daria and I. And so it can be anything that's embarrassing, inspirational, and recent, but the theme for this week is a time that you've inspired or mentored a student or a colleague. So, um, would you like to go first or would you like me to?
1: Absolutely, I'll, I'll take it.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: you know, mine is quite simple actually. It, it started with, it started a semester ago um, when a student came in, very adamant about being a nursing major, and uh, and has been um, getting getting um, C's and, and, and D's in her classes, and especially in those bio classes, and um, those are essential for the for the nursing program. And it was a moment of real talk. It, it was like it, you know, it was trying to uh, to to encourage the student, uh, however, being realistic. So that's a really fine balance when you need to find, uh, in our jobs. And so, um, and there are a couple points in which the student was kind of drifting into like this, this fantasy world and it was my job to bring them back. And oftentimes it was like, um, it was, it was a conversation in which the student, Told me, "Gee, Daria, you sound like my mom." And, I looked, and, and it was, it was. I was like, "Oh, I'm not sure. Is that is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing?" Said, no, no, this is good. This is good. This is what I need. Um, and and the greatest thing that happened in the very end was her just walking into my office out of out of nowhere uh, two weeks ago, bringing me a painting that she painted uh, and and Hershey's chocolate, and she said. This is, this is, I I painted this for you, and, you know, and I, and she had a note with it, along with it, and said, and it said, I hope I make you proud.
0: That's awesome.
1: And that was it for me. I start, I I, I thanked, I thanked the student, and I started bawling in my office. I had to take a break, but, um... It it really reminded me why we're doing the job that we do. I mean, not for the chocolate. I mean, right. that's a good <laughs> bonus. But yeah,
0: definitely a <laughs> person. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. But that that moment again, um, was was a boost for me that I needed a lot, especially when you're nearing the end of the year I and mean, the end of the semester, and you're forgetting. Um. And you're you're not forgetting, but you're getting lost in the fatigue and the burnout and all of those things. Um. And that was just that was, that hit the sweet spot.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What was the painting?
1: The painting was, uh, actually tones of purple and, and, and orange. Um, it was a beach scene, because uh, the scene is originally from the Philippines, okay. um, and, uh, had a, a, a beautiful, beautiful scenery. Um, and it was inspired by her home country.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. So I think for me, the story I think of, a lot of mine, I think, from which in, I don't know if it's a weird thing, but I think a lot of times it's inspiring, quote unquote, is when I've made a mistake and being able to relate that back to a student of how to work through some of that resiliency or even just knowing that there's times that you make mistakes and college is an opportunity to really not have the same, I guess in some ways have a safety net, but not have maybe the same consequences that you might in other career paths or, um, settings and things like that. So for me, um, it was talking with a student who had really been in a really influential position. They were involved in more peasant of an organization, um, And they had gotten in some conduct situations, basically. And so, for me, what I kind of shared with them was that I had also been in a similar situation. It was actually one of the reasons why I lost the RA position when I originally got hired. Um, And so, for me, it was being able to say, like, not only did that happen, like, it sucks. Like, it's not fun. Like, you still are living on campus. So you see a lot of the individuals that you're going to work with, or at some point, word typically gets out like, oh, did you hear about this thing? And so while it's normally not as scandalous as it sounds, for me, it was also really hard to be like, okay, well, I still want to be involved. I still think that I could be a good leader. And having to work through all of that, I guess, drama in some ways, but then also knowing that People tend to look at you a little bit differently because there's this expectation that if you're in a leadership position, you need to be perfect. Um, I think the inspirational part about that was then being able to talk with that person and say, like, I think that you still have a lot of the potential. I think you just need someone to give you a second chance and to believe in you. And for me, that's what I was offered at the end of my sophomore year. And I got that second chance. And so being able to say, like, I think that you still have a lot of ability of seen how you've both worked through all of those situations and also showed up, were positive, participated in a lot of different ways, I think was really positive. And so those, I think, are of, Harder things to teach in a leader. And so seeing just their initial reaction, like, wow, I haven't had someone say that to me in a while or still even view me positively, was really awesome, I think. And so I'm excited to see what they do as they continue to get back involved with the organization and hopefully more of a leadership position moving forward. Um, but I think for me, that was probably the most inspirational part because. I remember when I got offered the second chance of like, wow, someone still believes in me, like I have all this opportunity. I like to think that I did pretty well with it. Here I am now in the Affairs being able to kind of do a similar situation. But I think that was probably the time that I've felt really inspired over the last couple of weeks. I got a of the month or an OTM that was written about it. And so I think that was also heartwarming because I think recognition is always helpful. But I think recognizing their ability was what initially started that recognition too so that's probably my most inspirational one for this year yeah so with that we'll go ahead and take our first quick break but then we'll be right back So we're jumping right into the NASPA knowledge segment of, so what does this mean? And again, that's a segment designed specifically for the knowledge community of new professionals and graduate students that is going to be conducted more of an interview style. So the segment's designed not only to give us a chance to learn about how we incorporate student development theories or counseling theories, but also help the listener understand different situations, experiences, experiences. And even career paths within student affairs play out through a higher education lens. So this week we're talking specifically about academic advising so um, for Daria what was kind of your pathway into student affairs you touched on it a little bit but more specifically um, why did you choose academic advising
1: Yeah so um, as I was as I mentioned before um, I did a little bit of of everything. Um, I worked uh, at Boise state, uh, particularly, uh, I did, my first job was an RA, uh, job. Uh, and then, um, during uh, the time as I was hired as an RA, I also was allowed to work 10 hours on campus. So I did peer academic advising. Um, and it was a phenomenal position where I found another level of fulfillment that complemented the stuff that I, I've already been getting from my job as an RA. And so, um, and so the, um, that was my initial introduction to the role, of uh, of, um, student affairs uh, and academic affairs and that's where i also learned that in some institutions at some institutions these roles are um in separate divisions so mm-hmm. one is in academic affairs the other one is in um student um affairs and enrollment management so those are, um, those are sometimes separate, sometimes they're joined in, in the same division. So, um, it was really neat to learn about, uh, the scope and the, and the, and the mission of, um, both roles, um, at the same time. So, uh, after my, uh, graduate position in housing, I decided to, um, do something different, um, and, uh, try out a full-time Uh, role as an academic advisor and um, I landed a position with Gateway Student Success Center here at AIM.
0: Nice. So um, along those lines, we often talk about like the transition or some of the challenges when you go from one role to another or even just as you adapt to a new position overall. What were some of the challenges working in particularly academic advising for you?
1: You know, um, one of the biggest challenges for me was um more having more direct supervision um versus the autonomy that we get in housing, um, because of the um of the buildings we super supervised supervise and kind of the um don't get me wrong, the little, uh, little silos that we sometimes find ourselves in are in our building.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: so, um, I work in a building with another 25, um, advisors um, and three coordinators, as well as uh, a director and uh, an ass- associate director. And so, um, we are a big, big family. Um, and there's a lot of, um, a lot of communication, direct communication in the building itself, um, as well as uh, direct supervision, something that I was not getting, uh, necessarily in my grad role or, um, in my full-time job as a hall director that I, uh, failed to mention, uh, <laughs> prior to embarking on a, uh, on a grad, uh, program here at NAU. Um, and so, uh, and so that one, that was a challenge because I was, um, I was, uh, I, I was, I was missing that, that autonomy piece, but I understand also the value of it, that, um, the more direct communication, because we were working in such, um, a close quarters with each other, uh, we had to have that. Um, and the other piece was the, um, a more a more static um, space um, in housing. Again, we were uh, we we're always running around doing something, um, and we don't notice how the day goes by because there's there's movement, there's a dynamic um, environment that we find ourselves in, especially living and working among students. Um, in in advising, I found myself I found myself in a more officey space where um, again eight to five structure, as I mentioned, yeah. um, that. It was rough. I, I, I gotta tell you, it was rough because, um, because, um, it was something different to get used to, particularly as I commute now. And that was, uh, maybe as a young professional, not a unique challenge. Um, my parents are probably rolling their eyes like <laughs> welcome to real life child. But, um, yeah, that was another thing.
0: How did you overcome both of those
1: you know, uh, you know how people say twenty-one days it takes to develop a habit. Right. I yeah. don't believe that, but <laughs> but I think I think uh, somehow I managed it. I mean, it's been ten months since I since I'm in the role, and so um, with uh, it was growing pains, but um, however, I I think that um, the one thing that that I kept reminding myself, what, why am I doing this for? And it was for my students. And therefore, um, always, I always brought my, my mind back to that.
0: Yeah. Gets you back to the why. Exactly. Always. Um, along those lines, what are some of the benefits and parts you really enjoy about working within your profession?
1: You know, one of the things that immediately stick, like stick out is, is the smallest thing that I, that I tell a student, the smallest thing for me, right. A piece of knowledge, a prereq or something, uh, a recommendation of a course or a recommendation of, a, um, you know, shifting a semester, um, you know, a semester class to a different, to a different um, term, things like that, that are so small to me, to some students, they mean the world. And so finding out and finding out those things when they speak to me, lights up their face and and to me that was the most fulfilling thing in my job looking at how they react to 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 a minor adjustment to their schedule or a minor recommendation that will save them actually thousands of dollars um you know immediately changes their demeanor changes their attitude as well as parents i actually enjoyed working with parents in the advising role because i got to be that person who calmed them down who came up with alternatives with them and finally i got to prove to myself and to, um, and to others that parents are partners in this process. They're not the people that we got to villainize and, um, yeah. and, 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 and my favorite do something about. Um, right. you, don't, you don't have to do anything about it. You just yeah. gotta get to know them, and uh, and 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 those are my favorite parts. Actually, uh, where you know parents call uh, very very uh, concerned and, and upset and and leave you these these scary voicemails. It would always give me anxiety housing because some of these things I could not give <laughs> and I knew I couldn't give them. Yeah. Um, however, in academic advising, it was a completely different um, story, and I really appreciated the collaboration in that process with students and parents at the same time yeah
0: that's really cool I also think that's a really important part especially I think for a lot of new professionals age is always a huge part I think as far as okay I'm working with a parent and I don't want to be seen as incompetent or quote unquote, like you're just a little bit older, which in some ways, yes, is true. And also I have the experience and skill set to back it up. But I, I do think that's a really important part about the partnership of how can we work together to support the student. I think a lot of times it is that villainization. So I appreciate you bringing that up.
1: And another thing that that I gotta mention is that we uh, we have a lot of first generation students, and a lot of parents they just don't know certain processes, and um and the coolest thing is to get them on board because because oftentimes. They are the ones that have the biggest influence on their children. And we're talking not only parents, but also guardians and families um, in general. And those are the people who, when you just give them the information and give them the tools, they are the ones that can help that, that student who you're trying to get through to. And uh, and that's the, that's the key. That's the golden ticket right there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of partnerships... What can campus partners do to better partner and support the work that you do in Gateway or more generally speaking, advising? You
1: know, it's funny. We actually talked about it last week. Um, And and it was the the simplest thing. We had an advising summit um, (laughs) on Wednesday. And it was very funny to hear that one of my colleagues simply asked and suggested, how about we partner with faculty and so that they can just share their curriculum uh and and, and syllabus not even not, not much <laughs> syllabus with us with uh, regarding a course that they're teaching because oftentimes we get questions well what's that thing about or what's that indigenous astronomy class about and all i can do is just read the description in the academic catalog but mm. i want to dig deeper i want to i want to I want to describe to the student what exactly they're going to be learning uh, that they cannot glean from that little brief description. So partnering with faculty is instrumental to our work. And I empathize with a lot of our professors and, and, and instructors because they have tons of stuff on their plate. Um, you know, and here here we go. Advisors are, are coming in and they're like, OK, well, how about you, you know, you schedule me in until you're, you know, in your already full schedule. So. I understand those those um logistical things might be complicated. Um, however, I think it's instrumental for our student success, instrumental for our jobs. Um and so this is keeping fingers crossed, we're hoping to move in the right direction because we're seeing a lot of positive change in the in the university advising um realm uh starting this year.
0: Awesome. So- Um, for individuals who might be interested in working in academic advising, you've touched on this a little bit as far as maybe some of the challenges or benefits, but what advice might you offer for someone who wants to go into that particular career of student affairs?
1: One thing that, that I will, um... I will note is that there's going to be, you got to determine what population you're willing to work with. So, or, or you're, you're passionate to work with more. It's better to say. Um, the thing, the thing is I work with, with, uh, first year students. So, um, given that we have also multi-term enrollment, um, and which allows students to enroll, um, for a year, a a year in advance, uh, for classes. So we're currently enrolling students for fall, for summer 2019, fall 2019 and spring 2020, uh, which is really cool in my opinion. So the challenge in our jobs is that we're technically advising them for their first year. And that's, that, that's kind of the standard, but also, indirectly we're advising them for their sophomore year but also mentioning is like okay you need to speak to your college because you know there might be some intricate pieces there um that we might not necessarily know about so so, first of all, you need to determine um how the institution that you're applying to operates in terms of university advising um, do they have first year student advising? do they have exploratory advising because at my undergrad institution, we had um, exploratory student advising and that's where I worked and then um, colleges uh, advised for first through se- first first year students through through um, senior year so um mm-hmm. The NAU model works this way. We advise for first year students at Gateway and then in their sophomore year they're moving to just transitioning to their colleges. So, um, so that's, that's number one. And the second piece is, um, trying to, trying to do that the it's it's kind of like a more taboo uh conversation maybe in some in some spaces uh but the salary piece is real um try to do your market research um in terms of compensation we're trying to uh, get that conversation going here at nau um our phenomenal uh, university advising director terry um shout out to you if you're listening um <laughs> It's been real. We're trying to 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 raise that question. We're, we're trying to get uh, leadership to listen to uh, to the concerns about cost of living in Flax F versus salaries. So, yeah. um, so I think that while student affairs is in general not necessarily known for to be the high pay, <laughs> the highest paid right. field, right? Um, th- that's something that you want to do research, um, particularly depending on where you're planning to live, uh, again, because you're not going to be living on campus anymore if you're a housing person. And this is something that, um, I actually miss. Um, however, it's always nice to have that, that balance when you're going home. So, um, I, I, I encourage folks to, um, to kind of weigh those pros and cons, particularly when it comes comes down to cost. Um, and then, uh, the last thing, I guess, um, don't forget about the fulfillment that this job is going to bring you because that's something that I always come back to at the end of the day when I'm tired, when, when I'm, when I'm, 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 I'm running on, 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 uh, on very, on very low energy. Um, and, uh, don't ever forget why you got into this field for. I like
0: it. Is there anything else you want the listeners to know about the work you and your office do for students, staff, and faculty?
1: Ah, uh, you know, um, we are great people, and if students ever listen, to this podcast hopefully uh, we're always excited to see to see y'all we're always excited to also speak to campus partners because we don't often get out of our offices to uh, which is something that I need to work on still um, to, to, to collaborate and to talk to um, but I think Housing and Residence Life the residential colleges are doing a phenomenal job trying to partner up get us in the halls and get us closer to the students to where they live so I um, I want to thank everybody um and uh, and Campus Partners uh, as well as you Tommy for uh, inviting me and uh yeah it's been real
0: nice <laughs> so um, well, for the listener, as you know, we always end the show with rough translation, which every week we plan to end it with a song that either describes how we're feeling accurately or it might be a sarcastic manner. But the goal is to also hopefully get listeners to expand their own genre while we also do the same. So um, I'll kind of share the song that I'm feeling for this week, which is Handlebars by Flowbots. And if you are not familiar with the band, um, they have a lot of really, I think, unique aspects of as far as like the tone and like the tone types of music that they produce, but I was thinking about it because for the longest time since we closed our building, I've been excited to start riding my bike more, and I finally got my little green sticker so that way my bike doesn't get taken over this summer, and then it got cold, and then it snowed, and then it rained, and now it's still snowing, and so that's the song that I was like, hmm, can I ride my bike with no handlebars? Not yet. I'm not very good at it, but I thought that would be a good song for what my week has been like, so... What about for you?
1: You know, um, one of the things that, cause I've been thinking about the song and I was like, oh, there's so many songs and I can't decide. Um, but it's actually called, um, Poem and it's a song, it's, it's a song uh, written by my best friend uh, who is a singer in uh, Romania now. Um, mm-hmm. and it's in Romanian and, uh, um, I, as I'm nearing my uh, my departure from the United States, actually in a couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to visit my 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 hometown. I'm going to visit my family back in Moldova, and I'm going to stop by Romania, where currently my friend is uh, is launching her career and and doing all these things. So. Uh, it's called poem, and it's actually got really cool lines because uh, th- there's one "Unde uh, exista sarbator," which means that where are the, where there. Where there are no good people, there are no holidays and smiles. And so, um, and so the, the song is very upbeat, very positive. And despite the, 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 weather that is not necessarily congruent with the, the, the message <laughs> of the song, um, I think that, um, that that's the one that always I come back to, especially on days like this. I
0: like it. Is it on Spotify or? It is. Anything?
1: It is on Spotify. And How
0: it, might you spell it for the listeners?
1: It's P O E M, and it's uh, performed by the Motans, which is M O T A N S. Which is, um, uh, one of the singers that sings with my friend, uh, whose name is Irina Rimes. Uh, I R I N A, So, um, if you get the chance, please listen to it. It's very upbeat. And everyone who I, who I shared it with had nothing, nothing but good things to say about it.
0: That's awesome. So, well, for the listeners, you will have a chance to hear it if you would like. So, again, you can find the Spotify playlist, One-on-One Rough Translation, where we always upload all the songs that describe how myself, Jen, as well as any guests that we have on the show, to be able to follow that as well. So, um, thank you again for listening. If you have thoughts about the podcast this week, we'd love for you to leave your feedback and suggestions in the comments section. Shout out once again to Housing and Residence Life at NAU for helping this podcast to succeed. Thank you to our listeners and a special shout out to Daria. Tune in next time and as always, make good choices. And it's not actually a break, I more just pause the thing and then. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, are you pausing? Are you like still
1: going or?